Welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is episode 225. I'm your host, Chris Britton. So let's go. Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio again this week is my sexy ranch hand co-host, Calder Ness. What's going on, Calder? Howdy, howdy. Let's get rowdy. And we have the man of the hour. You've heard his name before. He's a super fan. Lucas Van Hollen. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Calm, calm your excitement, man. Calm your excitement. Yeah, don't. Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, there are more people in one oh, square block of Sioux Falls than there are that entire Calder's town. Come on, man. That's just <laughs> young. I had to deal with this the entire way. They're like, there's more people in that parking garage than your entire town. There's more people in that park than your entire... It was, it was nonstop, Chris. It was terrible. <laughs> okay, well, let's reel it back real quick. Let's introduce... <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Lucas has been a uh, patron supporter on the podcast for quite a while now, and uh, he's never gotten the chance to jump onto the podcast, but Lucas actually knows Calder in real life, so there's there's your inside knowledge there. Oh. Um, let's start out real quick with what made us happy this week. I will start off real it's, – it's easy, it's quick, and to the point, which is I know I'm late, but the Captain Marvel uh, – preview that came out a couple of weeks ago i'm just super excited for it i know there's been some hate online for this trailer already but i'm super excited for uh two-eyed nick fury younger colson and of course brie larson looks like she's rocking the mohawk in the thing so i did you guys get the chance to see that oh yeah yep absolutely are you guys excited for it or not so much well, you didn't say the part I was most excited for, and that was when she smokes that old lady in the face. I mean, come on, dude. That's like the best part of the show. <laughs> I love elderly abuse. It's the best. So there's like a 100% chance that that is a scroll. Everyone knows. But what if she's wrong? Well, yeah. What if she's wrong? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's a scroll. She just beats old women on buses. No, this, I mean, it's probably not the case. Let's it's hope prob- that's not probably. the case. Because that's like one of my favorite superheroes, just jacking an old lady in the face. Uh, so let's hope. That's what made me happy this week, since I didn't get to say it last week. Uh, uh, Calder, what made you happy this week? Uh, what made me happy was I went to a convention in Sioux Falls this last weekend. It was great, good fun. Got just some costumes. Got to see a amateur wrestling show by Midwest All Pro Wrestling, whatever they're called. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was great fun. I showed up to Sting, as Sting to the wrestling thing, and the wrestlers took their pictures with me because obviously I'm the most important person there. Wait, okay, what was the name of this event? Uh, Midwest All Pro Wrestling Supermania. <laughs> that's so dumb because I saw you hashtag it Super something, and I was like, oh, that's like Sue. That's w- how you that's how you spell Lakota Sue. Yeah, dude. That's how you spell. <laughs> So it's Sioux Falls, so it's super con. Right. Got it. It was awesome. Cool. And I got a debut, my Guy Gardner costume, and that looks smoking hot. So. You actually, that looked really good. I, I got to see that. You put it on uh, Twitter. That looked really good. Yeah. 
So uh, if you are not on Twitter out there, this is more reason to get on Twitter. You can see Calder's cosplay. Uh, Lucas, is there anything that made you happy this week you want to tell us about? Not going to Supercon. That made oh. me very happy. You didn't have to see Calder's cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, what made me happy is that every day that passes means we're one day closer to Rocktober, and that makes me happy. Okay. Uh, also, a figure that we'll probably be talking about later today, which is uh, Witch Queen LaFay, was uh, spoiled today, and that is another figure that uh, makes me very happy because right that is a that is a smoking hot figure if I've ever seen one. <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, well, let's actually uh, we're gonna do a little bit of an interview, a really quick and dirty interview. <clears throat> we're not gonna go into it as much as we have them before because you guys have some information to talk about. Uh, later on in the podcast, but let's just start off uh, so that the other listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Where are you located at in the country? Where do you play at? What's your venue? I play at uh, Rainbow Comics, Sports Cards and Games in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Calder? All right, sweet. And then we just want to say, how did you get into here, Uh man by the name of Blake Craig, who Calder's familiar with. Yep. Um, I worked youth retreat weekends with him when I was in high school, and he uh, uh, he got a friend of mine who used to be my roommate into the game, and that friend got me into the game, and I started playing Fear Itself Month 2, and something I enjoyed doing, so I started playing every Friday and have been for the last six years. Okay, last question I want to ask you before we move on to your guys' experience uh, was, if you had to pick, like, what is your favorite piece of all time, or pieces, or combo pieces, what would you choose? So, this is really tough. Um, my favorite piece of all time is probably a tie between um, the illustrious Zombie Super Scroll and Goblin King. Um, both of those figures I really enjoy playing. They're a lot of fun. But a combo that I really enjoyed running um, with any tent pole with the um, Sinestro Core power battery, or... Uh, I had a Deadpool core theme team that I was running in casual for a while, but I threw the um, Book of the Skull on it, and uh, it was a lot of fun having the uh, Thor Deadpool from the Deadpool set with a 15 attack with running shot pulse wave that just seemed really good. So It sounds like you fun. are a bit of a meta player. I tend to play almost exclusively meta now, yes. Our local scene is all but died out, so it's mostly just practice for the next big tournament. Is it Calder's fault that your local scene died out? Whoa. Is I, it, mean, I mean, do people just look at him and think, man, that's a punchable face. I don't want to play with him anymore. I mean, I had to look at his face for like 20 hours the other weekend, so that was that was tough. But, uh, <laughs> Calder, you know, you know uh, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. No, I think, I think what happened was, and this is my opinion, I think, well, first and foremost, a lot of people just grow up and they go to college and they just can't play anymore or they move away or – you know, life gets in the way, and that happens. But I think the other major thing is there's a lot of people that just, they get too caught up in winning, but they refuse to find out or and learn how to win. So when they just keep playing the same play, same way that they've always played, um, they don't win, and then they get mad about it, and then they quit because, oh, I can't play this meta stuff. I, I always, always lose to the meta players and the meta teams and that sort of thing. But, I mean, meta just... It flat out translates to most expect our most um, effective tactic available. So I mean, if somebody's playing meta, they're just playing an efficient team. Is all they're doing. Right. So. Okay. Yep. 
So let's jump into what you guys went to. The you you uh, foreshadowed it. You spent 20 hours with Calder. You went to an ROC. So uh, take it away, Calder. Uh, first off, those are the best 20 hours of Lucas's life. Just want to get that out <laughs> just right away. We did have to uh, take your vehicle, which is a pretty decent ride. I will give you exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Though we got us. No, I'm not going to go into it. Anyways, to the tournament. Tournament on Saturday was at Dice Dojo in Chicagoland, USA, which is absolute fun. It was run by Nate White. That's correct, right? right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Nate White was running it. Good guy. Uh, there was a ton of people there. We had, like, Daniel Powell. We had uh, some folks from uh, Firebird, Chicken Nest, whatever it's called. Um, There's a few... <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Phoenix Nest, just in case Ed's listening and he uh, takes he's just jealous time. that he's not on Phoenix Nest is the problem. Uh, no, uh, I'm not jealous that I'm on. on. Well, a little <laughs> bit. Those are, some pretty, those are some pretty sweet jerseys. I'm not gonna lie, those are really sweet jerseys. Uh, but no, there was oh, was it 26, 27 people there. 27. Yep. 27. Okay. So just to get over my team, this is what I played. I played a kind of a pseudo team I used for states. So I had the Blackbird, the Resource. Sam Cap, Domino, Moria McTaggart, Big Tony, two giant girls, both different versions, suited henchmen, and then a ton of ID cards. The basic strategy for my team was go up, deal six damage or something, like one shot, one figure right away, and then, you know, take licks, keep on ticking, real boy in some folks. I almost, I actually real boy in Banshee uh, a ton, so it's great real boy in Banshee because you can at least get maybe one or two pulse waves off, which is really nice. So that's the basic strategy of my team. There's no real complicated, like, flair to it. It's just, hi, I'm here. What you going to do about it? And I did I did pretty well overall, I would say. And then okay. Lucas ran. Before, oh, yeah. before, you, before you go into, like, how you guys did, and if, if you do decide to go into any particular games or anything, let's uh, jump over to Lucas, see what you ran, and then we can go from there. All right, cool. So I, uh, I ran an Avengers team. Yeah, boy! Uh, focusing primarily on the Energizer Bunny that is Hawkeye. Um, so I ran um, Chase Hawkeye from ADW, Chase Star Fox from Avengers Infinity, uh, Wasp part of the Avengers at her 50-point dial, Old Man Captain America from ADW, yeah. 15-point Eric, Eric Masterson from uh, Mighty Thor, two Giant Girls, one Main Set, one Fast Forces, both at 10 points. And then a plethora of ID cards. I had uh, two Cyclops IDs and a Jean Grey ID. And then the Pym Particle Tank. So my my whole strategy was get Hawkeye up to a 13-4, crank him up to a colossal-sized figure, DK him down the map, and just go to town. All right, so let's. which one of you did better? I just want to know. Oh, Lucas did. He... Um... <laughs> He made the top eight. Spoiler alert, I did not. I made top four, Calder. Top four, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm actually, I was wrong. To be fair, yeah. I, uh, I like, mentally clocked out once I didn't make top eight, and I was like, I'm just here, man. All right, uh, Calder, what did you do right, and what did you do wrong? So, I don't, I don't practice specifically against teams. Uh, Bessie and her other Hellcows out here, they just play Hellcows, so I pretty much just play with and or against myself. So I don't know how to, like, actually go against an X-Men team. Although I will say one thing. The entire, like, day taught me that Spiderling that I preached about, I'm like, ugh, she's not worth it now. It's like, all I can think about is like, eh, eh, blah. 
So, yeah, actually playing teams and playing players that think differently is much better than just playing against myself. Uh, so that's what I did wrong was not know how some of these other teams even worked, like, at all. Uh, the first couple of matches I won, you know, I beat a Star Fox, Cosmic, Lockjaw team. Not easily. It was run by Loyal Miller, one of our, you know, one of our listeners. You know, Christian Bogan was also there. And, like, it was tough. But then I went against two X-Men teams consecutively, and I just, I never knew how to, like, play against X-Men. I never practiced against X-Men. And I know the one thing I messed up most was my positioning. There are some times where it's like you don't have to run up there and just do your little one-shot thing right away. Sometimes it's better to position so they can't just totally mess you up right away. Uh, so that's one thing I should have learned. Another thing I didn't learn is I'm really bad at running away. And I've, I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, I get too stubborn, and I feel like I can totally hash it out and win. The last game I would have won if I would have just been satisfied with killing Beta Ray Bill and then just popping myself back to my starting area. Because the person I was playing against did not want to leave their starting area at all. I mean, I was I was like, we're not going to do anything? Okay, well then I did an Alpha Strike sort of deal. Uh, took actually two turns, so not a true Alpha Strike. Uh, got rid of Beta Ray Bill, but then I, you know, I stuck around to try to hash it out. If I would have done like a retreat advance, retreat advance thing, instead of letting Star Fox get a bunch of flurries off on me and all that jazz, it would have went better and I probably would have made top eight winning that game. So that's what I did wrong and sort of what I did right. Okay. Uh, let's jump over to you, Lucas. You clearly did more right than wrong mm. if, you, if you ended up in the top four. So uh, <laughs> that's not me like slamming Calder. I mean, it's true. So, uh, Lucas, what'd you do right? What'd you do wrong? Uh, Calder's, uh, Calder's right is that he listened to me and actually made changes to his team that he should have made, um, which is good. He added better call-ins, that sort of thing. Um, what I did right, um, you know, I went 5-0 and in Swiss. I was number one seed going into top eight. Um, now, I probably shouldn't have won my fifth game because it was against a full-point Goblin King, and Kevin and I, uh, Kevin's a buddy of mine who went with us, uh, Kevin and I were just kind of messing around just to see what would happen if he played aggressive. Uh, unfortunately, I had to play against Kevin in top four. Uh, what I did right, I think my version of Avengers is the most effective way to play Avengers, uh, period, uh, versus the most teams. Yeah, I can build Avengers to be really effective against a certain type of build, but I think the way that I built my team is effective against most of the field. And I think that's important, especially going into Rocktober and Worlds, if I decide to play Avengers at, at either of those two events. Um, the the other thing that I think I did right was practice um, my positioning. I practice a lot with Edward Shelton, my team captain on Phoenix Nest. And I think that, you know, learning about kind of how the team runs and how the team works, it allows you to play faster, um, which sometimes can overwhelm your opponent by them just getting worried by how fast you're just playing. Also, it saves time. It allows you to give you more time to catch up if you're behind. Uh, my average game time in Chicago was 20 minutes. I only had two games that went to time. Um, both of them were against Don't Die teams. So there really wasn't a whole lot I could do there. Um, what I did wrong was... My the one thing I was lacking in my overall performance against most teams was I my call-ins. Um, my call-ins were not where they should be, um, so I added more pulse wave, and more pulse wave is always a good thing. Okay. Uh, general feeling about how the venue was ran? Do you guys enjoy yourselves? Oh, it was 
perfect. It was great. Loved it. Yeah, Nate did a great job. Um, he, you could tell he hadn't ran an event in a while, which is totally fine. It happens, but I think he did his best to be a fair and honest judge and, and rule things in a way that was uh, good for everybody as well as you know, he did his best to keep things running, and he had great prizes available, and um, uh, it was, I, I can't complain. Okay, let's talk about the prizes. Calder, what did you walk away with? Uh, so I walked away with my own set of ROC dice and some 3D-printed light and heavy objects. What are the light That's, and heavy objects? What are the pictures? It's a, They're not pictures. They're 3D-printed little things. So it's a unicorn and then, like, a donut stand, like a donut sign. That's also a donut. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Lucas? Um, so for top four, I got three boosters to open. I got one super rare in those three boosters. It was a ventriloquist from Batman. Are you um, happy about that or disappointed? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about what I pulled because it's three boosters, so it could literally be a crapshoot of anything. I'm more disappointed about the fact that I only made top four, and I, and I, I know that sounds incredibly pretentious by me saying that. Um, but it, it was just like a perfect storm for me to not make finals because I had to play against Kevin and his Goblin King. But like I had stated earlier, there was a change that needed to be made to my team because of it, so that's fine. I also walked away with the uh, water map, the uh, the coveted Majestic's water map. Well, it's not Majestic's branded, but quarter three water map uh, for getting top eight because it was a Mega Super Q and then a top eight pin, which is cool. So... Those are those are pretty good, good pricing. I have two water maps now, so I got to figure out what I want to do with the other one. But, uh, but yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if that's all you guys want to say about the ROC, we can jump into some news. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so uh, we here at Dial H, we like to bring you up to date information about the game of HeroClix and other news related content. So let's jump into that. Very briefly, I do want to mention that if you haven't gotten the chance, all five days of the Scott Porter unboxing of the Battleworld set is available for you to watch on YouTube. Um, we did talk about the first day last episode. Uh, there's definitely a lot of stuff that he pulled that we already knew was in the set. Um, there's also some things that I'm actually – I want to hold back some of those things. This episode, we'll talk about it. Uh, next episode because we are going to be introducing a new segment next episode that I'm genuinely excited for. So uh, is there anything real quick you guys want to talk about Battleworld? Because we actually have some other uh, Heroclix-related news. Is there anything you want to say? I'll let you have it, Lucas. Do you want to bring anything up? Um, you know, the big thing right now, uh, definitely, like I said, the, the new hype is the, the Witch Queen LeFay um, that was just Shown on uh, Clickstuff's uh, Facebook page today. Um, really interesting. Uh, definitely glass cannon like, but that's the type of thing that I love. Uh, for those of you who have not seen the figure yet, it is uh, 150 points. Um, at a glance, she doesn't look that impressive when you look at her dial. 11 speed, 12 attack, 18 defense, 4 damage, special speed power, pulse wave, um, mastermind. And naked, uh, naked damage. She has six range double targets with the boot symbol and in uh, indomitable. But when you look at her other powers, you realize that she's got a lot going on. So she's got the 
the battle world trait that a lot of them have were leadership and perplex. Um, but when she uses perplex, she can instead modify a value by plus two or minus two if it has a different battle world keyword or shares a keyword, depending on the one. Um, she has the weird world trait where opposing co- uh, characters' combat values uh, except range can't be modified when attacking Witch Queen LeFay or being attacked by Witch Queen LeFay. This is super important. Anybody with a, uh, ESD or combat reflexes uh, or any perplex uh, is, is useless uh, against her, which is really nice. But then it's her speed power, which really allows her to shine. Uh, gives her the wing symbol, so she has flight for those two clicks that she has their speed power. Witch Queen LeFay can use standard speed powers except Earthbound, Neutralized, and Stealth. When she misses any target of attack after resolution, she can't use this special power for the rest of the game. So let that sink in for what she can do. For as long as she hasn't missed an attack and she's on her first two clicks of her dial, you take your first page of the PAC, get rid of Earthbound and Stealth, you can cross those two out and she can use the rest of them. That's one, oh. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten powers that she can just use. So if you want to charge Flurry, go for it. You always have Plasticity. You always have Force Blast. You always have Sidestep. You always have Leap Climb. You always have Phasing. Those are pretty much passive powers for the most of it. I guess uh, Leap Climb and Phasing are both move actions. But you want to charge Flurry. You want to use Mind Control. You're always going to be able to knock people back if you want. You can always Sidestep to reposition. You want a Hypersonic. You want a Running Shot. You can do whatever you want as long as you don't miss. But she's got a 12 attack, and your opponent can't have any modified defense values so if you get some perplex going on, you can bump her up to a 15 attack pretty easily. All of a sudden, she's a force to be reckoned with, especially since she has Pulse Wave on her top dial. So running shot Pulse Wave is definitely available to you. And she has Mastermind. Now, that's the one thing I want to kind of worry about with her is the fact that she only has Mastermind top dial. She's seven clicks long, so if somebody hits you for six, basically 350 points right out of the gate. So just keep that in mind. But uh, I think she is really impressive, and if you get some good fodder, because uh, she has Battle World, Weird World, Mystical, and Ruler, so if you get some good fodder with her, or like some uh, Light Wall GLs for the barrier, um, she could be pretty deadly. You just got to watch out for that. Sounds like hot garbage to me. Just kidding. Oh, we'll geez. be talking about her in the future. <laughs> oh. No, uh, that is actually very impressive. Anything that can do that much, uh, those toolbox pieces are pretty impressive. Calder, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I think she's awesome. I think she'll be fun to play and play against. I can't wait to play some Sealed with this crazy chick running around. You know, as far as Sealed goes with this set, it looks like a pretty fun Sealed set to play. Oh, yeah. So Like, 100%. It, it looks fairly balanced. There's nothing in the set that... Almost nothing in the set. I, I'm, I'm withholding a couple things, like I said, that... Um, We'll talk about it later on, but mostly everything's going to about play the same, and I think it'll be pretty evenly uh, matched for a lot of sealed. So. Absolutely. I'm, I am interested to see, though, how, how long it takes for them, um, because they, they finally gave up, and they gave us an entire page of the PAC. Right. How, many, how, how long do you think it's going to be before they have a figure that just flat out has a special power that says this figure can use the PAC? <laughs> This figure can use all standard powers. Why not? <laughs> um, so I, I, think, I think there's about like six to maybe ten characters that we don't know for sure. Don't know, yeah. Are in the set total left. Um, I'm not expecting anything like super insane. 
Um, now, it, everybody's talking about this online. Everybody's complaining about it. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there, my two cents, about how some of the main characters of the Secret War storyline are not in this set, or at least we're pretty sure that they're not in this set, including Molecule Man, including the Fantastic Four, and, of course, God Doom. So I don't think we're going to see any of those. I hope I'm wrong, but um, it does say um, the title of the set is Secret Wars Battle World. So maybe they were alluding to, like, hey, let's focus on the rest of the little areas on Battle World instead of, like, the hierarchy of Battle World, although they did put Sheriff Strange in this set. So I don't know what was going on behind closed doors as far as the character selection and what's in this set. Right. But, I mean, for me, I actually read, like, a bunch of Battle World stuff and didn't actually pick up any of the main books. So uh, just give me my uh, Cap Wolf, Captain America. That's the only thing I'm antsy about, to be completely honest, uh, in this set. That's, that's I'm just frustrated so that... The 10 million BC chases, there wasn't six of them. Ugh. Like, that's just stupid. Why would you put a, a theme for your chases and not use all of the chases for that theme? Like, I know ADW kind of did that a little bit, but like, okay, we're going to do 10 million BC, but only give you three of them. You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's it's dumb. It's it really dumb. doesn't. But there is there is a small, small silver lining in this. Uh, for those of you in the future that want to, like, say in not next set, but like a couple sets down the line, they do decide to finish out the rest of that little theme, right? That means that the ones that are available are going to be available very soon, this month. Um, they're probably going to drop in price before, because you guys know how Heroclix is. Everything that comes out is immediately exorbitantly expensive, and then everything just plummets in price after about a month or two. So hopefully these chases will actually go down in price. I will say that I was wrong uh, about being, and I'm disappointed because I was wrong about the rest of the, the theme being spread out amongst rarities. I did make a prediction that possibly... Like, the rest of them would have been in the super rare slots, maybe some in the rare slots, like they have done some of the KC pieces. Completely wrong. Super disappointed. Darn shame. I tell you what. <laughs> so, That's a clean burn in hell, I tell you what. Is, is there anything uh, from the battle world, whether it's the main thing or the, the side titles that you wanted to see in this set that is just not in this set you guys uh <clears throat> so so far out of all the battle world books i read the only one that they haven't done from a side title is the red skull like three comic story where him and magneto go inside the wall and kill some zombies and try to save i forgot who it was but like it was cool because they did a total like expendables thing where they introduce each character and then within like three pages of the book, everyone but a, but Red Skull and Magneto die. And it's hilarious. And it just becomes a Red Skull-Magneto bromance book for the rest of it. Even though they're the most uncompatible characters in the Marvel Universe, uh, it's still great. But I really oh, want to see like a, a new Magneto or Red Skull, pretty much. You can't take down the Z-Virus. Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah, no. Z-Virus always wins. Oh. Yeah, that's um, also something that they could have done, like more zombies, but chose not to do. So, yeah. but to be fair, Battle World is so large 
that there's absolutely no way they could fit all of these different things into one set. So in the future, they can make a continuation of this set and expand upon those keywords or figures or whatever. You, so is there anything that you wanted, Lucas? Um, We haven't seen it yet, so it might still be in here. But uh, if I remember correctly, in Battle World, there was a, uh, a part of the world that was Ultrons, right? Yeah. Yes. No Ultrons in the set from what we can see so far. So that seems a little off. You know, Ultron's a pretty popular character. It's weird that they wouldn't give us Ultron. Right. I am still holding out, not for the Fantastic Four or Doom, but maybe Molecule Man. Uh, he's insanely powerful, absolutely insanely par powerful, and I just I would like to see him. I I don't know if he carries the same. Um, I, I don't I don't even know what to call it. Like, is he part of the Fantastic Four? Is would he not be in the set for the same reason that Doom and the Fantastic Four are not in the set? Because I'm not really sure what his original like appearance was in. Maybe it was Fantastic Four, so he belongs to them. I would say that's probably a good idea or a that's good guess. Assessment. Yeah, you know, because um, this set probably was created before the or still when the embargo was going on. Uh, I don't think it's been dropped 100% yet. Not until the deal between Fox and Disney is completed and everything's hunky dory. Yeah, that's something but, actually. Um, I've I've heard a lot of people recently say just like, oh, since the the Disney and Fox deal finally went through, guys, it's not like 100% all the way through the works yet. It's close and it's officially announced, but it's not like everything's signed and everything's passed over this moment. And you got to remember that sets come out or sets start being worked on, you know, a year to two years in advance from when they release. Yeah. So like this set was probably in the works already, you know, late 2016, where Fox and Marvel were still very much at odds about everything. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see another, you know, section of Battleworld figures, maybe in subsets. Uh, where we can maybe eventually get a God Doom or maybe a Con LE in two years where we'll get a God Doom or something like that. Uh, I am looking it up right now. Molecule Man's first appearance was during the Fantastic Four, so that I highly doubt we'll get him in the set. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Good call. And uh, last thing I want to say before we move on, the last figure that I'm a little bit disappointed but still could be in the set, um, if you read the actual Secret, War, Secret Wars main title, um, Miles Morales actually plays a fairly important role in that storyline. So we, we already have uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man, which he was there as well. Uh, but we have Black Suit Spider-Man, which is Peter Parker, pretty sure. So why did we not get a Miles Morales? Right, yeah, fair enough. I'm just a, a little bit disappointed about that because the last one that they made, he was okay, but... Um, I know he's better than that, you know. He could he could always be better than that. There's a lot of Miles right. Morales fans out there. So, all right, let's jump into a little bit more news about HeroClix. We have three announced Gravity feeds. Um, let's start. Let's just do these chronologically for expected release dates. Um, now, this is the last one that was announced, but the first one that's coming out in February of 2019 is the Captain Marvel movie Gravity feed. Uh, I'll read the synopsis real quick, and then we can talk about it. It says, Countdown to the release of Marvel's Captain Marvel movie, or play out the conflict from the big screen on the tabletop with the Marvel Hero Clicks Captain Marvel movie gravity feat, featuring 12 different figures from Marvel's Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> Man, that's fun to say. This 24-count gravity feed features the Kree, Scrolls, 
and heroes of Earth like Carol Danvers caught up in their struggle. This Gravity Feed will feature longtime MCU favorites like Nick Fury, Phil Coulson, and several newcomers too. Uh, blah, blah, the rest of it's the same stuff that they put on the end of it. Uh, rarity breakdown, nine commons, 11 rares, and two chases. Which made me realize, I'm pretty sure WizKids does not know what the definition of, or like the difference between common and rare is. If there's <laughs> right. nine commons and 11 rares, so the commons are the minority in this set. I'm just saying. Really, it really makes you think. Also, I, why does it say there's 12 different figures from Marvel's Captain Marvel movie? Is that like add those up, that's 22 figures. <laughs> so is this like so, sculpt reuse or something? It, it like, there's got 12 to different. be massive sculpt reuse. So there's, I'm pretty sure it's only 12 like unique sculpts, maybe, and the rest of it's just reuse. So that's Watch like it 10... just be like a bunch of different scroll generics, but they have the same sculpt as like Nick Fury or Phil Coulson. It's like this is a scroll version, like ugh, whatever. It is very possible. Now, in that instance, this is one of the few times while I say I will say sculpt reuse seems to be okay because they're scrolls and they shape shift. But um, seriously, that there's only twelve in the set, like twelve characters in the set, twelve figures in the set. Different figures, yeah. Look at this little tricky wording they're doing here. Um, why did we get a Captain Marvel gravity feed and not an Infinity War gravity feed? No I'm idea. assuming it's probably licensing. I wouldn't be surprised if their license ran out or they weren't able to get the license for the other films. Um, yeah. Or if after the debacle from the Wonder Woman gravity feed, they decided to wait a while and then they're like, ah, what the heck, we'll just we'll just do it for this one, you know, for whatever. Uh, okay. I guess they did a they did a Thor movie. Which, you know, wasn't the greatest, but I'm just hoping that maybe with this set we'll actually get a decent Captain Marvel figure, uh, because the last several we've gotten have been absolute garbage. This um, is true. This is undoubtedly true. However, um, it is her title movie. I'm expecting them to make an actually pretty good version of her. This is Marvel's first female protagonist leading a movie, so this is like a big thing. Not only in the game of Heroclix, it's, it's less so in the game of Heroclix, but like uh, culturally speaking, as far as our like superhero movies go out there, this is the first Marvel one. I know that DC had Wonder Woman, and it did really well. It was a good movie. But this is Marvel's first real shot at this. So they, a lot of people are really excited, and a lot of people, including myself, are hoping that they don't drop the ball on this. For sure. Yeah, Colin, I mean, do you have anything to say? Uh, no. No, <laughs> it's, it's I wouldn't mind be... more than just a Carol Danvers too. I mean, I would like like a Marvel and you know maybe some of the other members of their team. So you know, this is obviously the movie takes place in the '90s. This is before we are introduced to any of the other MCU characters. So what basically you saw in the in the trailer is kind of what we got. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, as far as characters that have the ability to be in this set. Um, we know, obviously, Captain Marvel. The ones that we just listed off, uh, Ronan could be in this set since mm -hmm. he is uh, guaranteed to be in the movie. And then past that, maybe uh, Maria Hill could be in there as well. Potentially. As a toddler? Like as a, a teenage a teenage Maria Hill? I mean, like, how old is she in, what, 2012 during the Avengers? 30-something at, like, uh, max? 30-something, yeah. Yeah. So in the 90s, she's 22 years younger, so she's eight. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Don't do math, all right? Okay. You're going to ruin all of my dreams if you start putting logic into this. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> my bad. Uh, I can almost maybe, guarantee maybe if there's like a... If Super Scroll becomes the main villain or something, you know, someone she can have a big old CGI fight, boss battle showdown at the end movie or whatever, uh, I guarantee Super Scroll will be a chase if he's in the movie. And then one of the chases, probably the hobby one, just because they hate us, is going to be a stupid, powerful Captain Marvel. Yeah. But I do want one of the maps, if they make a uh, starter set, I want one of the maps to be a blockbuster video. Give me it, please. So are Do you they think doing? They have to pay them? Do they have to pay Blockbuster Video to use? Because the... there's only one of them oh, left. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do it. Shovel like in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. Officially, there is one left, and it's in Alaska. So, um, okay. I mean, I'm a child, of the, a child of the '90s. I remember Blockbusters everywhere. I also remember Blockbusters being shut down everywhere. <laughs> so, did, did they have movie stores up in uh, whatever Dakota you're in, Calder? That hurts my feelings. Uh, South Dakota? No. We did have a uh, video rental store locally owned, though, uh, 20 miles from our house, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Good for you guys. <laughs> Moving up in the world. All right. Um, we'll they're move still on open, the... dude. They're, they're... Good still for them. That's actually man. good for them. Always when mom and pop shops stay open, good for them. That's genuine. Um, we have two less exciting news from my personal standpoint, though there's probably like some listeners out there that actually are excited about this. Star Trek has broken its next set up into two gravity feeds instead of releasing it as an actual full-blown set. I have no idea why. Um, it, do, you, do either of you have a possible reasoning behind this? Well, Star Trek sucks, so they just realize, eh, we'll just we'll put as low effort as we possibly can into a Star Trek set. They, I know a lot of stores didn't order in Star Trek merely for the fact that they didn't think they would sell, but I think mainly because this is going to be a gravity feed that the stores will actually order in this Star Trek set. I think that'd be the only reason for the change that a lot of stores didn't buy bricks in cases, but they normally every store gets at least one gravity feed thing for any new set. Okay. All right. I'm well, just, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Um, I'm just actually happy. All right, guys. So it was at this point in the episode that we actually ended up having massive technical difficulties, and uh, I did try the last couple of days to recover the rest of the episode, and was not able to do that. Uh, was not able to get. Calder and Lucas back together to be able to record like I'm doing right now. So I'm just going to run real quick through the rest of the news information so that you guys have it, so you guys have something to listen to uh, before we sign off for the night. We are not going to do, uh, I'm not going to do community. Uh, now, originally when we did the rest of the recording, uh, we didn't even do community then, but we did do uh, Bad Samaritan. And it was the first time in the history of Dial H where our listener guest that came on actually swept the game of Bad Samaritan. So I apologize profusely for whatever happened with the technical difficulties. You guys didn't get to hear that, but shout out like wholeheartedly to uh, Superfan Lucas because it ended up being like an insane game from our standpoint. So Calder, Lucas, and I will always know it happened, but unfortunately, you guys will not get to hear it. So, 
Let's uh, run through the rest of the Star Trek Gravity Feed uh, information real quick, just so you guys have it. So the first one is going to be coming out in June of 2019, and it is called um, Star Trek Heroclix Away Team, The Next Generation, Resistance is Futile, Gravity Feed. Uh, reads as such, the Star Trek, that name, includes some of the most iconic, char iconic characters from the Star Trek The Next Generation. The crew of the USS Enterprise-D, including Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Riker, Data, Jordi, Worf, Deanna Troy, and more are joined by classic adversaries like the Klingons, Borg, and the omnipotent Q. Uh, now, this is really weird because... Um, they did break the set into two different gravity feeds, and you can definitely tell when you look at the figure breakdown. So uh, there are primes for the first time ever in gravity feeds, so that's a little weird. But there's only going to be two gravity or two primes per gravity feed. So the first one looks like this: nine commons plus one prime, nine uncommons, nine rares. Five, five super rares plus one prime and two chases. So the common and the super rare uh, are going to be the primes in this one. Uh, MSRP is three ninety nine on these. Uh, so I, I don't know how well that is going to go over. The second one is going to be called uh, To Boldly Go. Uh, and it's going to come out in September of 2019. Uh, all of those named characters from the USS Enterprise, D, uh, those are all going to be the same in this uh, this uh, solicit, but they replaced um, the Borg, like little sub-themes with the Romulans, Cardassians, the Ferengi, and the being of pure evil known as Armus. I uh, apologize if I butchered any of those names. I assume there's probably somebody out there that actually listened or uh, was a big Star Trek fan and uh, probably plays the Star Trek Heroclix set. So uh, why don't you write in? Uh, <laughs> let me know how badly I butchered those uh, on Facebook or Twitter. Um, so that is actually where I'm just going to sign off, edit all this together, and send it out to you guys. So um, next episode is going to be the official first episode of the month since this episode, as I'm recording, is clearly in uh, October but was supposed to come out before now. And uh, I feel really bad about that, but it is what it, it is. So uh, that's going to be the episode that's going to be very – uh, community-centric. We've got uh, question blocks from Malcolm Rush. We've got a bunch of community to get through, and it is the heroic rank ceremony. Uh, so this is actually last chance to jump onto that before it does get released. So uh, yeah, this is weird signing off by myself <laughs> without my uh, esteemed co-host Calder Ness. So um, don't forget you can follow us at Dial H for Hero Clicks. On Twitter, that is the number four. Search us out on Facebook at Dial H for Hero Clicks. And if you do want to send us an email, you can do that at Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. And as always, uh, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Bye, guys. 